Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Welcome to another Daily Tech News Show special edition. I'm Tom Merritt, and joining me today, I'm very happy to have Tanya Evans, Associate Dean of Academic Affairs, Director of the Blockchain, Cryptocurrency, and Law Certificate Program at UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. Tanya, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk about Libra and some uh, some of the issues around Libra. Uh, there's there's been a lot of talk around Libra. If if people don't know about it, you probably should go uh, listen to one of our shows where we talk about it in depth. But it's essentially a cryptocurrency like product that Facebook is proposing as an independent association that Facebook could obviously take advantage of, but would be run by multiple organizations. In fact, they say they have more than 20 organizations on board for this. Uh, There's a lot of nervousness, shall we say, around the idea of Libra. Tanya, in your view, what do you think are some of the main misconceptions about it? Well, it's uh, it's a fantastic questions, uh, question because I think there are misconceptions on all sides of the proverbial coin, uh, no pun intended, mm-hmm. but first from uh, the side of the crypto community, um, actually I think somewhat clear-headed, uh, and we focus a lot on whether or not Libra would truly be a cryptocurrency as you would define from the perspective of a public permissionless blockchain-based crypto asset. Um, and, and the Libra coin, and actually there are two, and we'll get into that in a bit, uh, but the one that is actually pegged to uh, a basket of assets, it, because it will exist within the confines of a permissioned blockchain, it is very uh, different. And so perhaps from a consumer or layperson uh, point of view, a one-size-fits-all term would be a cryptocurrency or, or more broadly, as I like to talk about it, a crypto asset. But actually, the Libra coin uh, would be very different than Bitcoin, for example, or any other uh, cryptographically secure digital asset that is secured by a public permissionless chain. Right. And, and then I will say on – yeah. Yeah, go ahead. 
Uh, and then quickly, I would just say from the, a, a regulator's perspective, I think also they may take um, that same approach to lump all digital um, assets in the same basket. And, and we have to be really, really careful. I think there was some great testimony a couple of weeks ago in D.C. to make sure that there was a distinction that was clear. Um, but so those are some of the, the, the misconceptions uh, more broadly. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people hear cryptocurrency and think Bitcoin and therefore think shady dealings, right? The, that's sort of the, the, the knee-jerk reaction to that. And when you throw Facebook into the mix, uh, people think other kinds of shady dealings, perhaps, is, is their perception. Uh, and, and, and the narrative that I see a lot of people having in their discussions about it is that Facebook wants to become a bank. Facebook wants to print its own money. Uh, mm. The fact that this isn't that, it's also not exactly cryptocurrency. How do you explain that to somebody? It, it feels to me, I've heard somebody recently describe it as going to Disney World and getting some, some Mickey bucks. Mm. <laughs> and while you're within that, that atmosphere, that has a transactional value. You're able to do things perhaps at a discount while you're uh, uh, in Disneyland or Disney World. Outside of that context, it doesn't have much use or utility. I think uh, LibraCoin and Facebook and the consortium would, would certainly argue that there would be a farther reach than, than this particular example, but it's a good way to at least have the conversation of why this is something that would have great utility within the, the Libra sphere. Obviously, there will be other wallets. You don't have to have a, a Facebook account or a WhatsApp account or, or be affiliated in particular with any of the consortium members as long as you had access to a wallet. But it has that feel, um, particularly because of the consortium and, and something that is permissioned that you have to, you can get in, but you could equally get kicked out. And, and, and so that's a distinguishing characteristic as well. Yeah, I mean, analogies always uh, break if you stretch them too far, but uh, but uh, I'll, I'll try not to, to break it. It's it, I like that Mickey Bucks analogy. If you said the Mickey Bucks could also be used at other participating theme parks that join us, like yes. Kings Island or Six Flags <laughs> or, or, or whatever. Uh, uh, exactly. And they may or may not join. Because I, I think the point... I, with a lot of the criticisms that that I try to to emphasize to people is Facebook isn't. Uh, do you, uh, let me ask you: Do you trust it when Facebook says we won't have control of Libra once the consortium is underway? I actually do because I, I had this mental exercise, and I'm setting it up for my students in the fall as well. If we change the name Facebook everywhere it appears in the white paper, for example, and put in Mozilla or mm some other uh, entity that we would feel more comfortable with that didn't have all of the issues and privacy concerns, not just about transactional data, but, but about all of our data, would we feel differently about it? And I actually think they worked really, really hard to create, to, to, you know, to get ahead of all of the potential problems and then surround themselves with all of the things that we would do, perhaps if you or I were to build this or the Mozilla's of the world were to, to build it. Uh, and so I, I think it could be a lot, I would be a lot more excited about it if it looked like that. Um, the apps, when you inject Facebook and Facebook's name into it, you have all sorts of concerns because despite the fact that there's a consortium, you're right, it's 20 something uh, members now from financial sector, NGO sector to be scaled up to approximately 100. Um, and so if that bears itself out, they would only have one vote um, with all of the direction of, of the network. And 
that in and of itself says it, it doesn't control it. But <laughs> they built it. They were have the initial infusion of money to oversee it. They are uh, it's responsible for and in charge of the code, even though it's open source code. And with their history and track record and the fact that they are for profit, they're not altruistic. They move fast and break things. Um, those are all of the concerns when you add, you know, the name Facebook onto a project that otherwise we might be a little more excited about. Yeah, I tried to to help people get past that uh, because not because right. I want to excuse Facebook. I think those are all valid concerns. But if you're going to evaluate Libra, you need to evaluate it on its own merits. And and mm. one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is to find out what are some of the problems or challenges that Libra is going to face beyond just the obvious uh, getting past trusting Facebook and, and getting regulators uh, to to understand what it is? I guess when you think about from, you know, it's going to sound counterintuitive when I talk about adoption because they have this the biggest network in the world, which, which would be the fastest on board to uh, mainstream adoption of this type of coin, which I would call like a, I call it a corpo currency or a corporate currency, but that is um, the natural progression for people to get comfortable with, with something of that nature means it's promising for the, the crypto community in general, Bitcoin in particular as well. Um, but the idea of the, uh, the privacy concerns being an impediment uh, ironically, perhaps to adoption, obviously, with the regulatory issues uh, throughout the world. Um, but if it, you know, Bitcoin doesn't have that problem, right? Because there's no central mm-hmm. point of attack in a way that that uh, Facebook will have to move through this, perhaps like the Ubers of the world to try on a jurisdiction by jurisdiction basis to figure, am I in or am I out? I think the reality of it is going to go forward for the jurisdiction, you know, Switzerland, obviously, and others like it that will embrace it. Um, I think the United States will, too, because they don't want to get left behind, even though we're doing a lot of saber rattling now. But it's the, the if they intend to do this in a year, uh, there's a lot that has to be put into place to get regulators around the world who are skittish, comfortable, and also uh, the educational uh, pitch that they're going to have to do to get their uh, to get consumers around the world on board, not just their own consumers, but any that would interact with any of the consortium members. Yeah, and it seems like one of the one of the positives of this might be to help uh, people who are unbanked uh, avoid some of the the higher fees associated with with transmittance and and with check cashing and that sort of thing. Uh, and that's why the NGOs are on board uh, with the consortium. Do how do you feel about that? Do you think this has the promise to do that? I think it certainly does. Look, there are 1.7 billion unbanked or underbanked in the world, and we actually don't have to leave our own borders within the states to find that as well. Uh, and even if there are Wi-Fi challenges, we have you know second layer solutions that would help with that, of course. And and almost all of the world, many parts of the world, where you think that there wouldn't be great infrastructure or technology, they have a device, they have a phone or have access to a phone um, and intermittently access to Wi-Fi environments, for example, um, or hardware storage and and all of these things. So it it can do that. I don't think that's their overriding concern, but that has always been kind of the utopian uh, conversation, even in the crypto circles. Um, and I believe more altruistically so as well from a libertarian perspective. The Facebook side, I think the natural um, 
implications of this type of technology. It's going to help with uh, digital inclusion, financial inclusion. Um, my concern is always that those who might need it most might be blocked by their governments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that will be interesting. And I think any network might have to, to, to navigate that space. But that certainly can be a benefit of, of a project like that, to be sure. I've, I've read some people uh, saying that one of the biggest humps would be figuring out how to buy in, how, how to get in. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Into the system, do you think that that is a reasonable impediment? I think so, and I think we talk about this more broadly with a lot of projects, and, and, and Libra would be no exception when you're talking about onboarding and off boarding and on-ramping, off-ramping. And I suspect uh, that Facebook and, and the consortium members are ahead of that game trying to make that easier. Uh, but they're also going to still have to navigate the regulatory environment because anytime mm-hmm. you have some type of friction or some type of intermediary, as we would say, those are those choke points that are uh, ripe for regulation. And depending upon whether or not regulators around the world take a heavy-handed approach, um, what they do in terms of KYC, AML, that came up a lot in the hearings, and, and they are going to have to, to confront that. Uh, those regulations could also be impediments uh, as well. But, and, and so those are not in, insignificant things to, to resolve within this year. Now, we, you mentioned earlier the idea of if, if Facebook wasn't involved in Libra, say Mozilla was instead, uh, the perceptions would be different. Uh, is there the chance that something like Libra could take off without Facebook being involved in it? The short answer is yes, but the question is the scale. Mm. I don't think there's any 
company on the planet that has the scale of Facebook. And then you add to that the others who are part of the consortium, and it just makes it formidable, bigger than any government, quite frankly, uh, which is why you have every government's attention <laughs> yeah, right. uh, to figure out, now, what is this again, and how do we stop it? And they said, aha, but there's the point <laughs> uh, with this type of technology yeah. being borderless and all the other character core char- characteristics that we talk about uh, with respect, but it's the, the reach of their network that is so um, both impressive and, and, and frightening to figure out how to get a handle on something uh, where when you're talking in the pure sense, at least of, of blockchains and, and even distributed ledgers of this nature, the fact that once it's up and running, it's very hard to, to stop. Now you mentioned, and, you know, to, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm, no, no, go ahead. That's the, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were mentioning to me that uh, Walmart has a new patent uh, filed about a kind of digital currency uh, theirs seems to be tied to a single, like probably to the dollar, right? And and more right. of a stored value card. Is 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 it is there a potential there that Walmart might try to create a competitor to Libra? It sounds more like a single entity, Walmart, as opposed mm-hmm. to a consortium. It will certainly be permissioned and private in in that sense. I was trying to unpack the patent, and they are giving it a light touch. Uh, they put enough information to file, but not enough yet so that we could figure it out. <laughs> and they're just in the early stages <laughs> of it. But writer, it's sound- words, yeah. <laughs> good, excellent, excellent claims, excellent claims, just enough that we all know about it, but we don't know enough. Um, and, th- th- you know, it takes a long time for something like this to work its way through as well. But many companies have filed for to, to figure out h- how and in what ways they can leverage uh, distributed ledger technology for their own benefit, um, in addition to having value within their supply chain and within their their uh, stores, that perhaps it would also have some additional value beyond that uh, in terms of collectibles. And, and it's very interesting the way it's written. So time will tell. It sounds there are many distinctions, although there are some similarities. So I, I look at it kind of a, a Venn diagram of, of all the different iterations, quite frankly, of, of blockchain technology and crypto assets. Actually, I think it's a, a great way to compare and contrast. Uh, and through that process, you get to the educational process of what we're really talking about. Yeah, it seems to me that if more of these kinds of systems were proposed and, and, and got attention uh, that people would start to be able to make a fairer comparison to Libra. Right now, it's, oh, Facebook's involved, that's all I need to know. But if, say, Walmart uh, did come out and, and announce something where they were the only member, there was no consortium, and, and it was tied to a single dollar, not to a basket of currencies, then you could start to to see a few more of the reasons why Libra was set up the way it was. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I, I feel like we're in this time where, when I we're constantly comparing and contrasting uh, the early days of the World Wide Web to the Internet, and when we talked about the internet versus intranets, and mm-hmm. and I, I imagine that we will live in a world where you have these. I think personally, Bitcoin's not going anywhere, and chains like it. Uh, but then we'll also have a series of, and necessarily so, you know, permissioned private chains. I think of healthcare and financial services and other industries that are already heavily regulated, then this type of technology doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? It's just the issue of how it fits in with the context of the broader regulatory agencies uh, already acting in a space. So when you have various 
companies making things better, faster, and cheaper, even if it is still relatively siloed. Um, you know, and as long as we can, as you say, continue to compare and contrast, they will actually help us to distinguish. I, I know that Melton uh, Demir's uh, at the House um, testimony mm-hmm. did a great job of distinguishing Bitcoin and the Bitcoin blockchain from Facebook and Libra and Calibra, et cetera. So the more that that happens, the better able consumers will be uh, in determining what is more like Bitcoin and what is more like uh, a pure private uh, distributed ledger system. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. It strikes me that one of the differences here is uh, with all technologies, uh, the existing laws are always inadequate to the task because it's something new about it that we've never seen before. But in this case, because Facebook is involved and because it's gotten so much attention from governments, it does feel like there's at least a chance, and maybe I'm being a little too optimistic, but at least a chance that, <laughs> that laws could adapt along with the launch of it rather than trying to scramble and figure out how to how to adapt long after the consequences are already being felt. Oh, I think that's a really, really good point. And we're kind of at a tipping point as well, where it's not a matter of whether this happens. It has literally happened. We're mm-hmm. a decade into the, you know, the original uh, blockchain and the most successful of digital currencies. You know, of course, there were a couple that came up before even Bitcoin, but this was, that's the most successful and it led to uh, the adoption of all sorts of, of blockchains for various purposes, but beyond uh, a medium of exchange or a store of value, right? It, it gets to this concept of transfers of value um, at a higher le- level and more, and certainly broader than one could have imagined. And that's the same thing that we've done with the internet as well. The original iteration is so far removed from what we're doing with it now. I, I run a small nation from my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so we never could have conceived of streaming on a small device and all of the things that we're doing now above and beyond the first application of the Internet, perhaps like uh, uh, email, for example. Yeah, I mean, 20 years ago, I was excited to to put a Wi-Fi card in my laptop and be able to sit in a different <laughs> room and use the Internet, right? And here we are just carrying the Internet. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, it, it's a really good point, too, that this isn't new. Like you say, uh, the the Bitcoin blockchain has been around for 10 years. Is there anything that already exists that is similar to Libra that, that most people aren't aware of? Oh, that's a good question. So as I think about it, you know, MakerDAO has a basket of assets, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, and it's transitioning in a way. It's still, I would put MakerDAO clearly on the, the crypto community side and not a corporate currency. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean to suggest that at all. I just more broadly, is there something that has a stable coin tied to an asset, a, a basket of assets and also some type of security token, et cetera, as well? Um, I don't know as much about uh, the Ripple network, but certainly there's a consortium there. And when we compare and contrast maybe Bitcoin and Ethereum as it first began and, and what it appears to be now versus Ripple, those are all three different but prominent um, networks. And uh, anything that has a basket of assets and, and tries to have both a stable coin and some type of secure, security token that rewards those who've, who've um, supported it in the beginning or maybe uh, are uh, charged with the task of securing the network at a broader level. That's what Libra is. Um, and so there's a place for it, certainly in, in the community. 
Yeah. It, it, in other words, uh, it, like many things, Libra in its parts isn't new. It's just a new arrangement of, of things that have been done before. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Uh, before we wrap up, tell me a little bit about the blockchain, cryptocurrency, and law professional certificate program that you run. So I was really fortunate last year as I started, um, after I fell down the rabbit hole and started talking about this all day, every day to anybody <laughs> who would listen. Most people didn't know what I was talking about, but they were really excited that I was excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, you know, at, at UNH Franklin Pierce, we've always been um, a leading edge innovator in the space of education. And we're primarily focused on intellectual property and innovation. And so I want to prepare I wanted to prepare students not just for the jobs that exist today, but certainly the ones that aren't created yet. We could say that about the blockchain environment in general. Some of the most highly sought after jobs right now did not exist two, three, five years ago, certainly. And so in order for this really, this being the community, crypto assets, blockchains, distributed ledgers to be successful, there has to be lawyers in place that understand the technology and are solutions oriented and really can assist people across industries because this type of technology is disrupting all types of industries. Clients want to know about it. That means lawyers have to be well-versed and not as an impediment to, but in supporting of the development. And so for all of those reasons, I wanted to tap into my own network and pull in adjuncts who are working in various industries to teach and also to guest lecture. So this fall, we'll be joined by Caitlin Long and Sandra Rowe and Premier David Burt from Bermuda. He spoke last year as well. We've had Vlad Zamfir and a number of people and uh, just really excited about the level of commitment to this, this growing group. So we take new cohorts every uh, semester. It's a two-semester certificate program. You could, and it's fully uh, asynchronous and online. So people jump in and jump out uh, at their leisure. And the first semester I teach, uh, I'm joined this fall by um, uh, Joshua uh, Clayman, fantastic lawyer in this space. And she'll be joining me uh, to go through 14 weeks of blockchain and the law. It's a fundamental course. So it's really a survey. Hmm. And then the second semester is advanced topics in blockchain law and we cover tokenomics and crypto regs, um, crypto economics, data privacy and security. Uh, we touch on social impact and then have one module devoted to healthcare. And so it's a really comprehensive, um, just it's in the $3,000 range. And so we made it affordable, easy to get through and, and, and packed with, with information. So I'm excited to, to um, get back to it this fall. That's great. I mean, because uh, if you have more lawyers that know about the technology uh, that is that is under review for regulation, that means eventually we'll have more judges, <laughs> maybe more elected officials that actually understand the technology. Uh, that's fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Law.unh.edu slash blockchain if you want to investigate a little more about that certificate. Uh, anything else we should let people know about before we let you go? Well, I just want to make sure that people continue to stay immersed in the space. It's something that, as you know, changes every minute of the day. Mm -hmm. And also not to know everything about everything. There could have been a question that came up today and said, you know what, I'm staying in my lane. I'm sure your next guest will do fabulously well with that. I'm not the one for you. Uh, And I think sometimes people try and do be the master Mm -hmm. of all in this space. It's impossible. Get to know and really appreciate the technology and then figure out, 
what expertise you already have in your life and how this technology will be relevant. And I think that's a, an easier way to, to transition through and to really take a deeper dive in a particular slice of it. And then just stay open, just stay open. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and thank you for doing the favor to me of sharing your expertise uh, with me, because I know you know a lot more about this than I, I do, certainly. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. Always here and you know, I've run out of people, so I'm happy to talk to anyone <laughs> who loves this and the more opportunities that we have in the community to talk about the various use cases, what's good, what's bad, um, what the hope for the future will be uh, and where we are now. It's just an exciting time, an exciting time. Thank you so much, Sonia. Thank you. Folks, don't forget, uh, the reason we're able to do these kinds of interviews and continue to do our show is because we have the most amazing bosses in the world, our listeners. And you can become one of them by becoming a member at patreon.com slash DTNS. We'll talk to you next time. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.